In this episode, we're going to talk about narrative control and the coronavirus. I made a podcast just the other day about government statistics and how the media propagates them. What happened next was kind of interesting. I saw my traffic spike. Now, it turns out that all of this traffic seems to originate from a Beijing People's Government building. Welcome to the podcast. Today is February 19th, 2020. And are the authorities chasing wrong thinkers? Now, I made a podcast just the other day about government statistics and how the media propagates them without really questioning anything. And specifically how alt-tech might play into this. I covered some of the developments around the coronavirus, and to be fair, I did use a pretty catchy, if not kind of inflammatory title. Um, I called it Lies, Bigger Lies, and Official Coronavirus Statistics. <laughs> but uh, the title is just a play on the quote by Sir Charles Dilk, namely that there are three types of lies. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. What happened next was kind of interesting. I saw my traffic spike in the days after publishing this podcast, and it did get me looking a bit more closely at the numbers here. Now, it turns out that the lion's share of the visits came from China, which maybe on the face of it is not that surprising, but looking a bit more closely at this and zooming in further, and those of you who know me personally will know that I work with analytics a fair bit, and I was able to determine that all of this traffic comes from a range of IP addresses. And here's the most interesting part, if you're still with me. It seems to originate from a Beijing People's Government building. Now, it's not just some denial of service attack. Whoever or whatever is doing this is, is just going through a lot of my content, it seems. And as you know, I have a lot of news clippings, as I call them, on my site. But almost all of these, you know, they revolve around tech and alt tech mostly, actually. Around the online media business, you know, free speech issues and just monitoring big tech, pretty much. Now, I don't know Chinese internet architecture, obviously, but this seems a little bit well, it's ridiculous and equally disconcerting at the same time. I mean, first of all, how do the Chinese have time to be chasing a part-time podcaster like this? Not even that, really. This is just something I kind of do for fun on the side. And, and also, I don't even do conspiracy theories or any really news commentary, if you think about it. I was just talking about the bigger picture around how the legacy media is complicit in circulating a specific narrative. And I also mentioned how those who do not toe the line are kind of banished. And this is a good example of that, I think. It's a micro example of that. Now, I'm only mentioning things that have already been widely reported on, and I'm trying to kind of put things into context. I'm not even the, you know, the original arbiter of the facts here as far as the coronavirus is concerned. I've also said you know, many times over that nobody should be panicking about anything here. But I would say that if you are a government and you wanted to kind of appear suspicious, you wanted to appear as though you were controlling the narrative and you want people to think that you try to suppress, you know, free thinkers, well, this would be a great way to do it. You know, chase down anyone and everyone who raises a question mark even. I don't know. I mean, is this a coincidence? Is this just a very elaborate practical joke by some overzealous listener? I mean, I hope so, certainly, but I really don't think so, actually. Further to this, I mean, according to Reuters just the other day, the Chinese recently put a man in house arrest just for writing an essay where he basically criticized President Xi Jinping's response to the coronavirus. 
And not just that, the Chinese also made sure to cut his internet and social media access just for good measure. I mean, there are other examples of this as well. There was another guy called Chen Kishi, who is a Chinese lawyer who um, he posted videos about the coronavirus on YouTube and Twitter and so forth. And then he suddenly went missing. And all of this stuff, you know, is cracking down on wrong thinkers, so to speak, disappearing wrong thinkers. It's surprisingly easy, I think, in a country like China, where they have heavily centralized the data on their citizens. So it's easy to chase people, is what I'm saying. I'm obviously not doing anything remotely as meaningful as those guys, but uh, suffice it to say here that I won't be going to China anytime soon. Now, luckily, I did go to China going on 10 years ago or so, and I did travel through the entire country, more or less. Well, not the entire country, but I did see a good chunk of it. And it is a beautiful country, I will say that. And just as an aside, actually, if you want to see some of my photography, I have been posting a lot of it recently on Minds.com. Now, anyway, I mean, I know the Chinese really know how to hold a grudge. Um, I mean, I had a friend who, he was an exchange student in China back in the day, and he met a girl over there, and he overstayed his visa just by a little bit. And then anyway, he moved back to Europe, they finally decided to get married and so forth, and then they decided to have their wedding in China, actually. So they planned everything, everything was booked and all lined up, everything was going fine until he was denied his visa, so he couldn't go to his own wedding. Slightly inconvenient, I would say. So anyway, the point being, the Chinese authorities, they don't forget infractions very easily. Speaking of infractions and uh, you know penalizing people for, for their wrong thinking, Zero Hedge, as I mentioned before, they are still banned on Twitter. And basically they're banned for touting a theory that is now basically pretty well circulated in the mainstream media even. And that theory is that this virus might have had its origins in a lab. Now, I also noticed that uh, Jack Dorsey himself, I mean, he was one of the, I guess you can call them founders of Twitter. He actually follows Zero Hedge. (laughs) So, I mean, it must be a pretty confused existence for that man. I mean, on the other hand, you're you're supposedly this champion of open discourse, as he would say. And on on the other hand, you and your lieutenants are banning wrong thinkers left and right. But at the same time, he does seem to have some kind of interest in the alternative take So it it is a confusing picture for sure. Now this Zero Heads suspension, I mean, that's obviously just one publisher and a fairly niche one, but I'd really like to know at whose request this happened. And, you know, what's the reasoning behind this? I mean, is it just to kind of control panic from spreading? Is it to help the Chinese preserve their facade of control? I mean, maybe it's just preferable to have the situation to be seen as being under control versus, you know, having the actual truth emerge. I mean, I don't personally know what the most effective response to a crisis like this is, but I do know that people deserve the truth. I mean, whatever the outcome might be. And I do think that the longer you suppress the truth, then, well, the worse the consequences are going to be. I mean, they could have contained this thing, nipped it in the bud, so to speak, a month ago, but they chose to go another direction, and they chose to kind of suppress it, and they chose to crack down on the whistleblowers and so forth, and now, what's the consequence? Well, they have a much, much bigger crisis on their hands. So you can only hold the beach ball under the water for so long. Now, I also very briefly criticized or questioned the WO's response, and I had some pushback on that as well, and uh, and I'm going to push back on that one again, because their response has not been adequate at all. Only the other day, they announced that they'd be sending a team to China to stop 
start investigating the outbreak. I mean, start investigating it? That's about a month too late. And also, I mean, you have, what, 2,000 people dead now and an infection rate that is very, very severe. So, but sure, start when you're ready. Just, you know, no hurry whatsoever. And, and also this Dr. Tedros um, of the WHO, he said in a presser just now that, quote, we have a window of opportunity. We don't know how long it will remain open. Let's not squander it. Well, you've already squandered it. And he also had the temerity to say that when you're fighting an outbreak such as COVID-19, um, you must be guided by solidarity and not stigma. And he says, you know, the greatest enemy we face is not the virus itself, it's the stigma that turns us against each other. You know, this is the exact type of political correctness nonsense that people are getting so tired of. Go tell a recent widow of Wuhan that the enemy is not the virus itself. So yes, I am going to be criticizing the WHO in a big way. Now that I'm on this tangent, I'm going to stick on it for a little bit longer because it gets even better. He says, health is one of the few areas in which international cooperation offers the opportunity for countries to work together for a common cause. It's easy to blame. It's easy to politicize. Well, he is the one politicizing the issue here. He is the one who praised China to try and help them save face. So he is the one who's appeasing the Chinese when they really shouldn't be appeased at all. Now, in any case... I want to get back to talking about tech and, you know, the media industry much more directly. I don't want to do general news commentary. I don't want to report on health issues and so forth because that's not my game. But I do want to mention that what I just saw here was just uh, such immediate and personal confirmation of the fact that the Chinese are cracking down and chasing anybody who is not towing the line. And I saw that just literally the day after I released my own podcast on this. So make of it what you will. If you are an expert on, you know, the Chinese internet and its architecture, then by all means, feel free to drop me a line. You can email me on podcast at nyman.media. In any case, do you have thoughts on what you want to hear next? Any more specific topics on alt tech? Again, you can email me on podcast at nyman.media. That's podcast at nyman.media. As I mentioned earlier, you can also find me on minds.com if you want to check out my photography there. So this was a quick one. Thanks for listening and I'll speak to you next week. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to comment on an episode or if you want to support the podcast, visit nyman.media slash podcast. That's N-Y-M-A-N dot media slash podcast. Or feel free to leave a review wherever you're listening from. And thanks for listening.